0: Thank you. This one. Now we can talk
1: about bubble gum in a squeeze tube. <laughs> it comes out like toothpaste.
0: All the important stuff.
1: I don't know if they still make it. But.
0: I haven't seen bubble gum. I don't remember ever seeing bubble gum in squeeze tubes.
1: Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, I remember getting it.
0: Yeah, like toothpaste.
1: Yeah, no, it came out just like toothpaste. It looked like a little miniature, you know, like the travel size bubble gum. Uh, tra- I mean, <laughs> it looked like the travel size toothpaste. And you squeeze it out, and it would
0: be bubblegum. I totally don't remember that. Yeah. Probably because it looked like toothpaste, they'd figure I'd just start eating toothpaste, you know. They just assumed I was a dumb kid. Mm. Maybe. If it tasted good, <laughs> why not? Yeah.
1: And actually, there is bubblegum-flavored toothpaste out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That I knew. It's further adding to the confusion. Mm, mm-hmm. tooth gum paste stuff.
0: So, Mr. E- Chills. Should, should we do a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> this is episode 22, book covers and book length. Welcome back to episode 22 of the Writing and Publishing Erotica podcast.
1: I am H.K. Kiting.
0: And I'm Dean Chills, and we're your hosts for the show. This is the podcast where we talk about writing and publishing in general and include the occasional tidbit about erotica specifically. And it's been like seven years since the last episode
1: you're exaggerating but it has been too long and we apologize
0: i don't think we're even trying to be regular anymore are we
1: (laughs) we're trying
0: (laughs) when the topics come up we're just not trying
1: very hard
0: stay subscribed (laughs) we don't plan on quitting anytime soon even though it may be 12 years before the next one
1: we're just busy people
0: you take the work as a whole that's right attached to this weekly routine yeah if you f- if you enjoy this podcast or find it helpful, then review us on iTunes. Try not to mention the part about how we only show up every six months. Also, check out our books at sexyfic.com. And, Henry, what have you been up to in the last eternity? What's your most recent releases? I've
1: been writing some erotica and publishing some erotica. Really? My latest one is a short story called Bamboo. It's a couple of guys in Shanghai that are celebrating a business deal, and they're, they know each other very well, and they have some fun in the hotel room, and then the next day one of them takes his friend to a, it's not quite a brothel, but it's more of a play space with a great big... Uh, bamboo kind of frame and there's all kinds of fun bondage and breath control and strangling first
0: thing thing i think of with bamboo is bamboo shoots under the fingernails Uh, is this that kind of torture
1: no no it's not it's great big bamboo flexible you know rods and there's a great big frame made out of bamboo Ooh, and that ties frames. in. That ties into the story a little bit.
0: That yeah. sounds pretty cool. Yeah,
1: I've also got a short series of books. Uh, I've got four of them out, and working on the fifth one called "The Artist," where a artist who likes to incorporate men into his artwork, where he paints them onto a canvas or makes them into human statues and things like that. Living art. Yeah. How about yourself? What you been working on?
0: Well, my uh, the demon last time the show came on, I was talking about my demon trilogy that I was writing and that's all finished and out there. Dealing with the demon, dueling with the demon and dying with the demon are all available now free on Kindle unlimited or 99 cents each if you want to buy it the old fashioned way. Also, I have a brand new series out that's already got two books out called Bear and Chaser. Figured I would get into the Bear space side of things.
1: And that's the B E A R, not the B A R E. Although they do get well, they bear. Although both come in yes. The bear yes. gets bear. Yeah.
0: Bear and Chaser Go to the Lake is the first one. And that evol- um, involves a little bit of aquatic horseplay. Followed by Bear and Chaser Go to the Pool, which, well, it's kind of the same thing, only different. Mm-hmm. And I'm already hard at work on the third one, which will probably be out by the time of the next episode. Almost certainly will come out before the next episode. And I've been hard at work on audiobooks, the Rick and Owen Breathplay series. Very soon we'll have all of them out there. Right now the first four of the six books are available. That would be Breathless Prisoner, It's a Gas Mask, all wrapped up, and A Day at the Pool. Check those out on Amazon, Audible, or Apple.
1: Awesome.
0: And now on with this week's topic...
1: Covers. We got reader mail.
0: We got a lot of reader email. Gotta get caught up on these things.
1: I'll read this one. Okay. Because it's long. Actually, we
0: have two there.
1: I don't have it memorized. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, First, I was wondering if you could answer one question I have about book covers. What websites do you guys use? I've looked at Shutterstock, which has the best selection, but is far too overpriced, in my opinion, especially since I have no guarantee of making that money back. I've also looked at Flickr, but I'm not always happy with the images that pop up and when I search for, specifically for Creative Commons commercial use. I've checked out a few sites, including public domain image sites, but nothing seems to be of high quality as the more expensive places. I flirted with the idea of contacting the Shutterstock photographers directly and getting permission from them, but that quite literally feels like taking away from their livelihood. And I would hate to ping Shutterstock's radar if they found out I didn't purchase an image from them. And is that even possible? This is all in all the one point on which I'm a little confused about. Do you have any sites you would recommend? And also a another similar email. email. Yes. I'm a recent listener to your podcast, and I have not gone through all your episodes yet, so forgive me if you've gone over this question already. I listened to your episode on cover art, and I wanted to ask, how do you go about obtaining your images for cover art? Do you hire people to pose for it, or is there a site that you go to that commissions out photos? I ask this because I'm thinking about going into erotica, and I want to know how much I should expect to pay for obtaining attractive cover art.
0: Okay, so two emails on the same topic, which is how I like it. makes It makes it clear that that's what you want to hear about.
1: And actually, if you can model for yourself, that'd be a, a good option. To uh, One of my covers, Jason's Mummification, is me on the cover. Yeah,
0: take a look <laughs> on com or Amazon for Jason's Mummification, and you'll get a picture of Henry here. Yeah. Not exactly someone you're going to recognize on the street, but it's him. <laughs> And I took the picture, so it's kind of both of our work there.
1: But most of the time, you are going to need to buy a photo.
0: Yeah, you yeah. mentioned uh, contacting photographers from Shutterstock or somewhere like that. And to be totally honest, those those photographers put their photos on Shutterstock or one of those other places in order to make money on it. If you contact them and ask them for permission to use their photos they're almost certainly going to say no.
1: For those photos, now you may want to try contacting them if you have something specific in mind. If you want to try negotiating your own work, uh, different photos that aren't on photo stock.
0: Yeah, it would be, be just option. like saying, you know, I like erotica, can I have yours? Yeah. it's it's. They're yeah. not going to give up their work any more than you would give up your own.
1: But if you see a photographer that takes a whole bunch of pictures of sexy men tied up, it wouldn't hurt to contact them and ask them.
0: But it's very likely um, from my experience with photographers in general, they're going to ask quite a lot for that like a custom photo shoot could be hundreds of dollars could be probably not the best way to go.
1: But the worst they'll do is say no or you know or, or you'll say no that's too much
0: Yeah, they're not no. going to show up at your door and say, well, no. that depends yeah. the next option is just you know steal your images cut and paste them off the internet, use some of the book covers and hope for the best.
1: And we've seen people doing that and boy, it's a risk. You yeah, don't, you don't really want to do is. that.
0: Yeah, it's really a bad, bad, bad idea. Cause you will get caught eventually.
1: Um, yeah, they can just yank your book right off of wherever you've got it published. You can, uh, get on the blacklist. For a publisher you know amazon could permanently ban you for doing that
0: and there is a google image search where you can type in you know descriptions and image copies of images will come up you can i do not know the, what the name of the site is right now but i know there's one where you can upload an image and every place that image shows up on the internet will be listed so you can actually upload your own images and see if anybody out there has used it on their website. And this is for use of copyright enforcement. Mm-hmm. Just don't do it. Yeah. It's very easy to steal an image, but, but you, bad idea. It's really bad for business. Yeah. Sort of halfway between the two is your idea of Creative Commons or public domain. Public domain images are free to use, but for free to use by anybody for any reason. But the problem is most of those are very old images, black and white stuff, things from the 30s or the 40s. And for the purposes of erotica, they don't really look quite right.
1: Mm-hmm. What well, was sexy in
0: 1920 really doesn't hold up today.
1: Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. They're usually pretty tame.
0: Very tame.
1: Although, if you got a period piece or if it's right, you know, it it, it is an option maybe.
0: It, it yeah. it's a possibility for public domain anyway. Things like photos from NASA are all public domain, for example, and that that's really cool if you're doing a book on space. Ooh, astronaut erotica circling Mm. around Uranus. yeah had to say it okay anyway uh (laughs) creative commons is a little bit more flexible if you get on flickr or somewhere like that you can find lots of images of sexy people men women things in between uh that are very sexy and very nice and a lot of those are what you say creative commons commercial which are allowed which you're allowed to use commercially most of them are free for non-commercial use which means you could put them on your website and things like that. But something like a book cover that you intend to sell is commercial use, and that's just the same as stealing them. It's against their licensing terms. Don't do that either. But uh, that doesn't leave any options, does it? Where did we? Uh, what are you supposed to do?
1: There are stock photo places.
0: Stock photo is your friend. Yeah. There are quite a few of those places out there. These are... Well, you you mentioned Shutterstock. Shutterstock is a big one. It's not one of the cheaper ones, but it's out there. Uh, Photographers take pictures. They set up modeling shoots with their models, and they take many, many pictures in different positions, post them to whatever their favorite photo site is, and they'll sell them. They get a certain commission off of each sale. It's a nice little business for photographers.
1: Yeah, every time a photo is used,
0: they get a little cut of it. And from my experience being on some of these sites, the cut gets smaller and smaller every year.
1: Well, the cut's not so bad, but, you know, getting your photos actually used is the thing.
0: Yeah, there's a, yeah. a major glut out there. you got to have some really unique pictures in order for, to sell many of them. A lot of
1: competition for photographers.
0: So what kind of sites are out there? Well, I'll, I'll put a list on the show notes, sexyfic.com, episode 23. But uh, there are several big ones that are out there. Dreamstime.com is a big one iStock Photo, Shutterstock, which you already knew about because you wrote that in your email, Photolia, F O T O L I A, Stock Expert, with a capital X in the middle, 123RF.com, and another one is BigStockPhoto.com. All of these are photo sources where you can just go and buy photos
1: and you want to read what their guidelines are. They vary from site to site, but they're they're very similar.
0: One of those ones I just mentioned, 123RF.com, we used them back in the beginning when we were getting started and we probably had 20 books released using their photos. Then we found out that their terms don't allow book covers, at least not for the inexpensive photos. And we would have had to gone by and I think it was like $200 to get them legitimate for each cover. So we quickly replaced all our covers with other photos. Mm-hmm. And if you've been a long-time listener, you may have remembered us mentioning that at some point back there. At this point, we use Fotolia for the most part. Mostly. And that is the one we recommend. Uh, they have various subscription options where you can get, I think it's 10 or 20 photos a month for a certain dollar amount. And between the two of us, we crank out enough photos that we can make use of that. Mm-hmm if you just want to buy one photo one time one place it can be a little expensive uh, thirty forty dollars possibly mm-hmm which they're, seems like they're a cheaper lot in bulk. they are definitely cheaper in bulk yeah and is there a way around that no not really yeah, no not really an easy one
1: Yeah. unless you just want a plain colored cover we recently saw some books that uh, yeah just a solid cover and text.
0: Yeah, my head still hurts from seeing that.
1: I, I can't believe they thought that that would be eye-catching. Well, I mean, it was, it eye-ca- was eye-catching. It was eye-catching, <laughs> but, um, yeah, wrong kind of eye-catching. Yeah, I
0: still haven't stopped ranting about that ugly cover. Another option is just to not even bother with a cover picture and pay someone to do your cover for you. That is an option. There are many places out there on the Internet. Just Google book cover design. And you can get someone anywhere from $5 up to 3 or 400 to design your cover for you, depending on what you want to pay. It just so happens that who designs all your covers?
1: Why, you do, Dean. Well, who designs all my covers? <laughs> you do, Dean. <laughs>
0: who designs your non-erotica covers?
1: You do, Dean.
0: <laughs> well, okay then. DeanChills at gmail.com. Give me an email and we'll see who does who could design your covers for you.
1: Yeah, if you like our covers, he's the the man who does them. Take a look at
0: SexyFic.com. All the covers from everyone on there, me and uh, HK, are all done by me. Now, I'll admit I'm not your Photoshop master. They all have a certain look to them. But if you like that look, give me a yell. I'd be glad to help you out. And it won't be anywhere near the hundreds of dollars range. Okay. 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 There's my spam for the week. Yeah. All right, moving on to topic number two. We have more reader mail, more topic. You get to read that one, too. Hey, guys. Hey, guys.
1: Love the podcast and have found it to be a wonderful source of inspiration and information about the world of self-published erotica. I'm currently in the middle of my first book, and it has been a blast to write. I have a question about the veritable meat and potatoes of erotic fiction, however, namely the sex scenes. You've discussed many tactics to make these scenes engaging and erotic, descriptive and ready-made for one-handed reading. (laughs) But I'm still a little fuzzy on one particular aspect, the length. How long before the reader loses interest? How short before they feel ripped off? What word count should we typically aim for? Is it better to have one long sex scene or break it up into multiple erotic sequences? Is there some magic ratio between the setup and sex scenes that we should strive for? Any help would be appreciated. Thanks. What's your thought on that, Dean? <laughs> you weren't listening, were you? Yes, I was. Okay. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I'm making notes here. First of all, I really like the idea of meat and potato sex. Yeah. With whipped cream. For dessert. Mm-hmm. Strawberries. Actually, I've never written a food sex story of you.
1: Yeah, I have. Yeah, one of the artists... Tale, or not, not the artist. Uh, Tales from the Compound ah. has a lot of food in one of the. Do you also Randy a chocolate and birthday? Randy and the restaurant? Yeah, Chocolate Birthday, but that's just chocolate. I don't know if that really counts as food. But.
0: It's one of my major food
1: groups. The guy gets tied up and <laughs> chocolate poured off him, all, all over him. All over him,
0: and what does this have to do with the uh, length of sex scenes? Why nothing at all?
1: Okay, no, no, we're getting sidetracked.
0: Well, first of all, do you do one scene, one sex scene, or many sex scenes in your books?
1: One or two. I've done both. Uh, some, some of them are mostly just one entire long, kinky scene.
0: But it's not like just two people getting together, having sex, and it's done. There's usually more going on in your sex scenes, aren't there?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, kinky stuff, bondage, breath breath control. It just depends on the book, but um, yeah. It's not just, uh, just the act of sex. Yeah, not necessarily...
0: Yeah, I think if you have, like, straight sex, man puts his thing in woman's thing, and it's done, that, it's kind of hard to drag that out for an entire chapter. Flap A and slot B is not really all that exciting in itself. Mm -hmm. You need to have more going on there, a little more drama to make it interesting. Uh, Most of mine, well, honestly, most of my books are gay things, and the way it works out, person A does something to person B. Then there's a little break. Then person B does something to person A. Sometimes it's turning the tables, sometimes it's your turns, time let's tie you up next or something like that. They're, mine mine are usually broken into two halves mm-hmm. because there are two people.
1: More frequently mine are two.
0: Some of the very short ones, the the sexy fix singles type stories, it's just one big sex scene mm-hmm. and it's not really broken down so much, but that's why they're short. Anything to add to that as far as just the sex scene length?
1: Yeah, as far as an exact word count, I'm not sure what to recommend.
0: Depends on the story. Yeah. I mean, uh, your bamboo story that just came out, you have like in, in the beginning there's like an introductory well, sex there's, scene. Well,
1: there's an introduction that ex- explains who the guys are and they're getting out of this successful business meeting and talks about them a little bit. They go to the go to the hotel and they have a kinky sex scene scene. Um, they have a a quick oral and then the guy who's the receiver of the oral turns tables and ties the other guy to the bed so so it's they're both being the recipients in the hotel room
0: and this is what i just called a normal sex scene yeah yeah <laughs> well there's the some day, there's they some they pink. scenes they go to this special place yeah. and it's a little unusual.
1: and then at the second place the one guy is just the recipient it's it's not a give and take the one guy is the bottom, and the one guy is the the dominant.
0: So in that one, there's actually two completely different scenes.
1: Yeah, yeah. And really three scenes of sex. Okay. The first one is back and forth.
0: Where my most recent one, Baron Chaser, go to the lake, there's these two guys that get in the water at the lake. They've just met. Uh, one guy jacks himself off. Then the other guy gets a blowjob. And then the other one masturbates himself. There's three sex acts in that one, but it's all kind of just one scene there at the lake. So it kind of depends on how you want to defi- define scenes. Mm-hmm. Is there a specific magic setup or formula that you use?
1: Not a specific one, no. No, me neither. It's no. just
0: uh, two, two people meet, they do something, and then it ends. Yeah. Most of our stories are not what you would call long romance novels. They are short, little, like you said, one-handed erotica. Mm-hmm. These, two, mine, generally seem to have a little more story. I think.
1: Yeah, I think that. I would say so. Yeah, and I was just talking to an erotica author yesterday. Um, somebody who primarily heterosexual and not so kinky, but hers are almost novel length.
0: Yeah, you can and totally. You they're full
1: fledged stories, but then when it's time for a sex scene, it's all out sex and you know as, as hardcore as it can get and probably uh, i think about probably about 80% of her book is not sex it's just the backstory and drama and so forth and
0: yeah, if you've no. got a 200-word novel and it's just one big sex scene, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> that, that's a little too descriptive. You're going to have a lot of plot with a long novel. Mm-hmm. Ours generally are between seven and 11,000 words, I would guess, Yeah, on generally Ambers between yeah. us. Yeah. And there is a story there. They, they they meet, they get together, and they do something, whatever that is. It's different for every story. But that's pretty much it. There's not a long romance. There's not a lot of plot going on there. Some have more than others, but it's not really plot-driven. I would say our ours are sexy little stories. Mm-hmm. Ours are
1: more about the kink and the sex than, than yeah. about the story. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Our our entire books would fit nicely in a movie as a sex scene in some cases, mm-hmm. instead of just an entire story to itself. How long? okay the other question there was. oh yeah
1: there was another question on that same reader mail I think should you use create space to make a print-on-demand paperback if your story is less than 10,000 words
0: okay a couple things going on there first of all create space is well, they're the ones we use to publish our paperbacks, and we definitely recommend them.
1: Amazon owns CreateSpace. Yeah, they're
0: they're a legitimate paperback printing company. They do what is called print on demand.
1: Quality is very good.
0: If you go with Harper or Penguin or someone like that, first of all, they won't take much in the way of real erotica. But the way the traditional publishers work, they print off you know a thousand copies or five thousand copies and ship them out to bookstores everywhere. But they print ahead of time, print on demand doesn't that's why there's no cost to you to set up with them
1: oh anytime you buy a self-published author's book off of amazon that's paperback um, that's how it comes out
0: they print it right then and ship it to you amazon does not have big stacks of our books laying around Mm -hmm. yet they're all in print and you can get them yeah so that's what print-on-demand means. It's really nothing special. If you're familiar with CreateSpace, that's what he's talking about. Now, the real question is: Should you do it if your books are less than ten thousand words?
1: I don't think the ten thousand is a hard limit, because uh, some of ours are less than ten thousand. The stories.
0: Most of mine are less than ten thousand, mm-hmm. and they are all available in paperback.
1: Well, okay, not, let's not, not all. say all. Yeah. No, there is a
0: bottom limit.
1: I would. I'd probably maybe set the limit at five thousand or less. Um, and, and we do have short stories. The Artist, uh, The Tales from the Compound. You've got Sexy Fix shorts.
0: And The Demon Stories. And
1: they're only short. available on Kindle. We only we only put them out as $0.99 cent or free on Kindle Unlimited.
0: And there's two reasons for that. First of all, we wanted to take advantage of Kindle Unlimited and the the borrowing thing. Second of all, they're a little too short to put out as paperbacks. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that, you know, buying a... 10 page story in paperback is a good idea. Yeah. Paperbacks cost more money and your cost per word gets up there. And I suspect if someone spent $7 on a paperback and it had 10 pages, you would be lining yourself up for some serious bad reviews.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably put the limit at maybe five or 6,000. Know.
0: I think my shortest one that is actually available in paperback is one called Swimming Lessons. It's a straight fiction I wrote about a year and a half ago, and it's somewhere around 6,500 words, and I think that's my shortest paperback.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, what you can do is, if you've got shorter ones, which I did with Tales from the Compound, for example, uh, group... Of, you know five of them together for example that are very short and make the collection available as a paperback.
0: Yeah, that's what you can do if your things are too short is combine them. huh. Yeah. The three Sexy Fix shorts that I've written were about 3,000 words each. They're available only on Kindle right now because they are so short. But uh, as they come close to expiring off of Kindle Unlimited I'm thinking about combining all three of them into a paperback 3,000, 3,000, 3,000 is 9,000 words. That, in my opinion, is long enough. And I can sell that for a short little collection. Probably a $2.99 ebook and $7.99 paperback. That, in my opinion, is a decent enough value. Now, could you buy a good science fiction novel that's 8,000 words and be happy with it? Probably not. But our eroticas, at least ours, is very niche. It's very specific. It has very very precise little kinks involved that people will pay for and they can't get it a lot of other ways. Mm-hmm. So depending on what you're writing, it may or may not be acceptable. If someone wants to read a story about you know two guys who tie each other up and put bags over their heads, well, they've got some of our stories and not a lot of other paperbacks mm-hmm. out there for that. If we want to, if you're wanting to publish a story about a man and a woman who fall in love and have sex, well, that's
1: pretty mm, be common. A lot of competition out there yeah. for that.
0: I mean, you go to any garage sale or used bookstore and wind up with thousands upon thousands of Harlequin romances for a nickel apiece. There are certain things that, even as paperbacks, are not necessarily worthwhile. And that's just something to keep in mind.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that covers it for today, doesn't it?
0: I think so. Yeah.
1: Well, we really want to hear from you. We'd love more more uh, questions and comments. Uh, if you have a comment, complaint, topic suggestion, mail us at sexyfic at gmail.com or stop by sexyfic.com. And you can even leave a voicemail in a tab there that re- allows you to record a message. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We promise to do our best to start putting them out more regularly. Although I think we always say that after a break. But we really, really mean it this time. (laughs) And leave a review for the show if you like it.
0: And we have a brand new mailing list sign-up form on our website. Go to sexyfic.com up at the top. There's a bright yellow bar that says sign-up from Our mailing list. And you will be notified not more than once a week, probably not even that, about our new titles that are coming out. We're going to be posting some free stuff on there. Uh, there There's some free audiobooks that are available already. Sign up on the mailing list.
1: You want to collect the whole set.
0: Yeah, all the emails. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) we'll see you next week. See you later.